The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by the American Beverage Association. Coke, Dr. Pepper, and Pepsi are offering more choices, smaller portions, less sugar. Learn more at balanceus.org. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, June 4th. In today's news, the Trump Organization is accused of evading taxes in Panama. The big tech companies face bipartisan antitrust investigations. And an out-of-control coyote population is a fresh reminder about the law of unintended consequences. But first, the big idea. Congressional Republicans have begun discussing at the highest levels whether they may hold a vote to block President Trump's planned new tariffs on Mexico. The vote would be the GOP's most dramatic act of defiance since Trump took office. It could also have the effect of blocking billions of dollars in border wall funding that the president had announced in February when he declared a national emergency at the southern border. Trump's plans to impose tariffs on Mexico, with which the United States has a free trade agreement, rely on the president's declaration of that national emergency at the border. But the law gives Congress the right to override the national emergency determination by passing a resolution of disapproval. Congress, of course, passed such a resolution in March after Trump reallocated the border wall funds, but he vetoed it. Now, as frustration on Capitol Hill grows over Trump's latest tariff threat, a second vote could command a veto-proof majority to nullify the emergency altogether, which in turn could undercut both the border wall effort and these new tariffs. Republican lawmakers are certainly not eager to be drawn into a conflict with the president, but some feel they may have to take action. There's growing consensus within the GOP that these new tariffs are nothing less than a tax increase on American businesses and consumers. It's something that represents a profound breach of party orthodoxy. Trump had hoped that threatening to impose tariffs against Mexican imports would lead to major concessions from the Mexican government. But White House officials haven't articulated exactly what they want the Mexican government to do. This has led to a growing fear among lawmakers that the White House will push forward with the tariffs when they're scheduled to take effect on June 10th, even though there's no end game. Some Senate Republicans said they're going to wait for the results of a major meeting between Mexican trade officials and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on Wednesday before deciding what to do. But there's no doubt GOP lawmakers are growing anxious. Joni Ernst, the Republican senator from Iowa who's up for re-election next year, said last night that she spoke with Trump over the weekend about his tariff threat and urged him to back down. But she says he appeared to be unmoved. He's a tariff guy, Ernst said, adding that she is not pleased. Meanwhile, a federal judge rejected the lawsuit by House Democrats to block Trump from diverting money appropriated for other purposes to build the wall using the national emergency. U.S. District Judge Trevor McFadden said the House lacks the legal standing to sue the president for overstepping his power because it's not the job of the judicial branch to referee such disputes. This decision is at odds with a May 24th ruling by a federal judge in California that temporarily blocked part of the plan because it was using money Congress had never appropriated. McFadden granted that this case presents a close call, and he said his ruling doesn't imply that the full Congress may never sue the executive to protect its powers. Still, he said the Constitution provides the House other levers to use against the executive when it's unhappy, including specifically denying funds, passing other legislation, conducting hearings and investigations, or overriding a presidential veto. The House Oversight Committee plans to use one of those levers next week. A vote has been scheduled to hold Attorney General Bill Barr and Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross in contempt 
for failing to provide documents that have been subpoenaed related to the addition of a citizenship question to the 2020 census. And the full House plans to vote next Tuesday to hold the Attorney General and former White House Counsel Don McGahn in contempt of Congress related to the Russia investigations. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the majority owners of the former Trump Panama Hotel, who last year removed Trump's name and cut ties with his company, say they have discovered old financial records showing that the Trump organization was evading Panamanian taxes. The filing came in a Monday court document in New York from Orestes Finticlis, an investor whose company is the majority owner of the building that once housed the Trump Ocean Club in Panama City. In March 2018, Finticlis sought to fire the Trump organization as the hotel's manager. That set off an odd 10-day standoff that included visits from the police, shoving matches between Finticlis' staffers and Trump loyalists, and occasional piano concerts by Finticlis himself in the lobby. Eventually, a Panamanian judge gave him control. Now, the hotel is a Marriott. Trump's company on Monday denied any wrongdoing. Last year, after Trump lost control of the hotel, an attorney for Trump's company wrote directly to the president of Panama, Juan Carlos Varela, appealing for his help and suggesting that the Panamanian government could be blamed and even punished for the loss. Varela says he did not take any action as a result, and Trump's lawyers later claimed they had sent the threatening letter to the country's president without asking their client first. Number two. The war between Washington and Silicon Valley continues to escalate. House lawmakers are planning a bipartisan, far-reaching antitrust investigation into tech giants like Facebook and Google. The probe was announced yesterday afternoon by Congressman David Cicilline, a Democrat from Rhode Island. He's the leader of the House's top antitrust subcommittee. It comes at a moment when Democrats and Republicans find themselves in rare alignment on the idea that the tech industry has been too unregulated for too long. This sentiment spurred a sharp sell-off in tech stocks to start the week. Cicilline said the investigation won't target one specific company, but rather focus on the broad belief that, quote, the internet is broken. Speaking to reporters, he pointed out problematic practices at tech giants like Google, which has faced sanctions in Europe for prioritizing its own services and search results over those of its rivals. He also criticized Facebook for acquiring competitors or copying their services to ensure it continues to dominate social networking. Reuters report the Justice Department is separately weighing an antitrust investigation into Apple over its App Store. Number three, every state east of the Mississippi River is worried about its growing population of city slicker coyotes. The animals surged from their original habitat in the American West after what many now consider a colossal mistake, government-sanctioned predator removal programs that virtually wiped out red and gray wolves. Coyotes have been taking over the territory of wolves, their mortal enemies, ever since. It's a textbook example of what the recent United Nations Biodiversity Report warned of. Humans are creating chaos for wildlife, placing a million species in danger of extinction. The report warned that mismanaging nature will come back to haunt humans in a variety of ways, including food and water shortages and disruptions by invasive species. As the Trump administration seeks to strip away legal protections for the last remaining wolves, state officials are contending with the consequences of a massacre carried out without regard to science. There's no reliable census for the overall population of coyotes in the East, but a few states count the numbers that hunters kill. Georgia and North Carolina, states where coyotes were rarely seen before 1990, 
each reported 40,000 were killed there last year. People were fascinated when coyotes started showing up in a place like Maryland, but complaints about nuisance animals increased as the population grew. The situation was worse for the native wildlife. Coyotes became the top predator and changed the ecosystem. Maryland's red foxes, for example, were pushed to the edge of their territory and their numbers have declined. Wildlife officials across the east are trying to reduce coyote populations with tactics similar to those used to destroy wolves. But the cash bounties, the hunting contests, and the unlimited daily harvests aren't working. Coyotes have a unique response to population pressure. They make more coyotes. Kill half a million one year, experts say, and that many will pop up the next. North Carolina's state management plan has concluded that to cause an enduring decline in the coyote population, 90% of them must be removed. This is because they no longer have natural predators besides humans. However, the population of coyotes can recover in less than five years without continuing removal efforts. How invasive are these guys? They've been venturing into Mexico and Central America. They recently became the first new animal species in a thousand years to cross the isthmus into Panama. Camera traps spotted them trotting into South America. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, June 4th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.